Hello, and welcome to the first official episode of the Student Ministry Noobs podcast. We're so glad that you're listening, and we hope that we can be a help to you today. At the Student Ministry Noobs podcast, our mission is to share our journeys in student ministry and encourage others as we go. We're going to laugh at what's funny, and we're going to learn from each other along the way. Today, I'm joined by our co-host, Colton Tucker. How's it going, Colton? Hey, I'm doing good. What's up, guys? Uh, Bryce and I were just talking before we started here. Uh, a, a little nervous, but very excited to be able to share um, just our journey with you. Uh, it, it's encouraging to have Bryce as a friend and, and talk about our struggles, our encouragements, and just to see where we're going in ministry. Um, I'm excited to see where the Lord takes this podcast, and uh, just thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Hey, Colton, uh, before we get started, I want to ask you, uh, what's the worst thing you've ever done? Worst thing I've ever done? I was probably six years old. I took $20 out of my dad's wallet, and uh, I lied about it, and he, he lined me and my three sisters up in the living room, and I was very nervous because I knew I had taken money, and um, I walked out, and my dad said, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. This is unusual. I was six at the time. My dad didn't really say that. When I was in trouble, it was usually dealt with pretty quickly. And I walked out into the living room and saw all my sisters lined up. And my dad went through each one of us. And I was the last one. And he gave all of us spankings. And obviously got to me and I confessed. And it was, it, that's the worst thing I've ever done, Bryce. <laughs> so you let all, you let all your later, siblings get spanked first before I let you admitted all of to it. it. I said, if, if one goes down, we all go down. We're a family. Um, and come to find out later, my dad had actually told my sisters to pretend cry. And they were wow. so convincing. Um, by the time he got to me, I, I actually like broke down in tears and confessed to him. So I was very life-changing for a six-year-old. So as you can tell, uh, Colton's a pretty, pretty rough-around-the-edges guy. Um, and we're, we're honored to have him here on the podcast with us. Uh, today for our, our first episode, uh, we just wanted to give kind of an introduction to you guys uh, of who we are. Uh, so that you can understand a little bit of, of who we are. If you're going to take the time to listen to this podcast, it'd probably be helpful for you to know us a little bit. Uh, so we're going to give some of our backgrounds, uh, tell you about our families, the our current ministry context, and, and how we got into ministry. So uh, Colton, we'll just go ahead and, and jump right into things, and we'll start with you, if you wouldn't mind just awesome. sharing part of your story and, and how you've kind of ended up where you are now. Yeah, uh, I think it's always vital before I even share how I got into ministry to just kind of lead into uh, how did I even come to know the Lord as my Savior. Uh, as a kid, I grew up in church. Um, I had amazing parents who, um, you know, sick, dead, or dying, we went to church. And I'm very thankful for that upbringing. It wasn't always easy because as a kid, there's times uh, you don't want to go. And so my parents, they made sure we were in church, and I was grateful for that. Um, I had a, a rich heritage of, of belief in our family from my grandparents through my parents. So um, around age four or five, um, I, I knew something was wrong and I had heard about Jesus and sin. And so I'd asked my, my dad about it and he led me through, uh, the Romans road actually. And I, at four or five, I, I said a prayer. Um, and then from, from about that time until I was about 12 or 13, I just, I struggled, uh, daily. Uh, there were times I would cry myself to sleep at night because my hope wasn't really in, in the Lord. It was in the fact that, you know, when I was four or five, I said a prayer. And I would try to remind myself that I must be saved because I said a prayer. And it was never a true belief in my heart. And so about the age of 13, I believe it was, I was at teen camp. Uh, Eric Capace, uh, that's a name some people might know. Great guy. Love Eric Capace. 
Uh, his teen camp, it was called Impact at that time, and we got renamed Teen Revolution. Um, at Eric Pacey's camp, Tim Lee spoke about hell, and it was a powerful sermon. And uh, just the night before at that teen camp, I remember uh, crying myself to sleep because I was thinking about salvation, thinking about um, am I really going to be confident in the hope of, of some words I said, or am I really going to make this real? And so I fought with myself the night before. And so that next night, Tim Lee preached a message, and it was so powerful. I remember going down to the altar and uh, giving my life to the Lord that night, uh, getting saved, and um, just asking Him to be my Savior. It, it was the most powerful moment in my life, knowing that uh, from that time on, uh, I was going to be in heaven. And I was so grateful for that. Uh, a few years later, um, God began to work in my life. So from that time on, uh, I, I was given some opportunities at my church to speak in our children's programs. Uh, my, my parents were junior church teachers. And so ages three to sixth grade, my parents worked with pretty regularly. And so uh, I loved working with kids especially. And that age group was really fun. And I think part of it at first was I was kind of um, still young so I wanted to kind of work in the fun environment, like Vacation Bible School. And so I got the opportunity to teach a few times in there, and I, I, I liked it. And it wasn't so much the fact that I got to be in front of people that I liked. It was seeing kids get saved was, was just powerful because I knew what the Lord had done in my life. And seeing that I was able to play a part in someone's life and, and, and see them get saved, um, the Lord just he started placing um, little pieces of that in my life. And uh, those opportunities grew, and I was actually teaching pretty regularly. And so uh, probably I'd say two or three years went by, and I was teaching pretty regularly in our kids' programs on Sundays. Uh, and then we went to camp again. This was Eric Capace's camp, Teen Revolution. We met in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and it was the last night of camp. I was uh, 16 years old, so three years had passed since I had gotten saved. And uh, I knew the Lord was, was leading me into ministry, uh, but I was, I was fighting it. I, I, I didn't have one clear, this is it, this is your calling, but over time I, I knew that the Lord was placing that on my heart. And so teen camp, it was the last night, it was a Thursday night, and Johnny Pope preached. Uh, to be honest with you, I have no idea what he preached on. I, I can't really recall, but I, I remember when he got done preaching after the invitation, we, we thought everything was over. Uh, Eric Pacey got on stage and he gave kind of like a follow-up invitation and he said, you know, there may be someone out there right now that's fighting the call to ministry. And then it was those specific words, and it was like the Lord was talking directly to me through him. And I knew at that moment in time that the Lord wanted me in ministry. And so I didn't know, was it going to be full-time? Was it going to be, was I going to be a missionary, a youth pastor? I had no idea. Uh, but, but I knew that that was a clear call from the Lord at that point in time. And so I went down and uh, committed that to the Lord that I wanted to be in ministry. And uh, over time, um, I'll share in a minute, but over time, I, I struggled with that. I questioned, did God really call me to ministry? Um, over the years, uh, I went to Pensacola Christian College for, for one semester in 2015, and I left. Um, long story short, I just um, I wasn't happy with it. And really what it was is I was fighting the Lord. You see, a few years had passed. I knew the Lord had called me to ministry, but uh, two years had passed between that calling and when I went to college, and um, I got a taste of, of what it was like to make money, and so uh, that played a factor in it. But I, now, I, you're, now you're in youth ministry, so you still know what it's like to make yes, money, yes. like tons of it. Yes. So, exactly. 
so sorry, sorry if I'm belaboring the point here, but um, I guess I'll say long story short, I went to Pensacola Christian College uh, for a semester, fought the Lord, and I left and wasn't quite sure what to do. And I thought, am I supposed to be here? Am I not supposed to be here? And so I went to Champion Christian College. That's Eric Capace's college. I went there for one semester uh, and I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. And again, I was fighting the Lord. I wasn't sure, should I, should I be in ministry? What should I do? And finally, after some fighting and pushing back, I realized God wanted me in ministry. Uh, I interned in 2016 at the church I'm currently in right now. And through that internship, God uh, kind of reignited the flame in my life. And I realized that this is what He wanted me to do, uh, youth ministry specifically. And so um, after praying and, and seeking counsel, I ended up going back to Pensacola Christian College in the fall of 2017. Uh, I met my wife and we got married in 2020 right before uh, everything went crazy and the world shut down. Uh, but but it's, it was a crazy journey. I ended up graduating Pensacola Christian College in the fall of 2020. Uh, I also got an intern at the campus church there. It was a great opportunity. In February of 2020, my wife and I, we've been married about a month and we were kind of thinking about opportunities after college. Uh, we only had a few months left and so we were deciding what are we gonna do? And out of the blue, I got a phone call from the pastor that I, had, I interned for. Uh, it had been two years since I had worked with him. And so that church was kind of out of my mind. And he called me with this opportunity to be their youth pastor. He said, hey, I, I'd like to bring you and your wife um, up here to Virginia to, to talk about this possibility. And we thought about it for a couple days and prayed about it. And we accepted the offer. And, um, you know, 2020 was a crazy year. And it's amazing because almost about two weeks before um, everything kind of shut down for a little bit, um, we had confirmed that that's where we would be. And so it was amazing to watch the Lord's leading all the way through this path. Um, September 2020, we got voted into the church and I graduated uh, in 2020, uh, December. And in 2021, in January, my wife and I, Lydia, we started full-time here in Roanoke, Virginia. A um, little bit about my family. We have two beautiful daughters, Lacey and Paisley. And I just want to say this, and, and Bryce can, can also probably agree with this. Uh, the best thing in the world is not being a youth pastor. Uh, when I was a teen, I thought that was the best thing in the world. Uh, it's not. The best thing in the world is getting to be a husband and a dad. And it's amazing to watch my, my little family grow and uh, just nothing better than that. And of course, I guess I'd say third place out of all that um, is being a youth pastor. So it's been a crazy ride, uh, but one thing I want to say before I turn it back over to Bryce is I never doubt God's calling. There were times where I, I doubted and felt like, is this really what God wanted me to do? But I look back through um, my life and where God got me to, and I just want to say, don't doubt God's calling if He's truly placed that on your life, because you'll miss out on some amazing opportunities. It's awesome to see how uh, God's just been faithful all the way through, and, and he's, he's led you to where you are now. Um, I, I love hearing people's stories, and uh, I guess I'll go ahead and give mine now. Uh, so I grew up in a in a Christian home. Uh, I joke around with other people and say that I was a drug baby. I was drugged to church every time the doors were open. Uh, we were there. We were very faithful. Uh, my dad was a deacon in church, and I uh, just grew up in, in all of that, and uh, I remember I, I trusted the Lord as my Savior when I was four years old during family devotions. Uh, I don't remember what exactly it was that my dad uh, was was teaching us from the Bible, but I remember that I was 
convicted at that point and knew, knew that I needed to, to have Jesus in my life. And so I, I uh, prayed with my dad and trusted him as, as my Savior that day. And uh, my life has been eternally different uh, since that point. Uh, I would love to say that, you know, from the time I was four years old until now, I've faithfully served the Lord. Uh, but that's not the case. Uh, I don't know that I even really had a good understanding of it until I was uh, a teenager later. And uh, I remember rebelling at times uh, while a teenager and doing things I wasn't supposed to do, not following Jesus wholeheartedly. And um, I, I remember uh just always wanting to be a youth pastor. Uh, I, I don't really know that there was ever like a specific moment of, of calling in my life, uh, but I know that my uncle was a youth pastor, and I thought he was pretty cool, uh, and I mean, that made me, you know, have some interest in it, and uh, I thought I was, you know, it was something that I could do decently well at, and something that I would be serving the Lord with, and so I kind of decided that's what I wanted to do, so uh, similarly to, to Colton, I, I went ahead and went to Pensacola Christian College, uh, where I studied youth ministry for four years. I, I met my wife, Lydia. Uh, oddly enough, we both have a wife named Lydia. Uh, but different Lydias. Different okay. Lydias, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're an odd podcast, but we're not that odd. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, different Lydias. Uh, we both met at, at PCC, though, and uh, we started dating and then got engaged and got married and... Uh, man, life has just taken us uh, all over the place since then. Uh, not really all over the place, but all into different experiences since then. And and man, it really is, as Colton was saying, it really is just, um, it's nice being able to, to follow God. Uh, it's not always easy. Uh, there's going to be difficulties along the way, but uh, it's nice knowing that, that God's got you, that He's going to be faithful no matter what, and, and trusting in that. So, um we're going to talk a little bit about the different contexts that, that we're in, uh, because I know that that affects everything that we do from a, a ministry standpoint. And, uh, man, it's, it's, it's a, really a benefit that everybody serves in different contexts. Um, I, I remember a, a pastor saying, or maybe I read it in a book or a podcast or something along those lines, uh, but a pastor said, like, the church down the road that you don't like, well, they're going to reach people that you'll never reach, and you'll reach people that they'll never reach. Um, and I just think, I just remember thinking, man, that's so powerful, and, and it's humbling to me because it's it's so easy for us to sometimes say, like, oh, man, this church is doing it wrong. But you have to always remember that that you're not in the position that that church is in. You're not in their location. You don't have their budget. You don't have their staff. Uh, whatever it may be, no matter what, it's always different. So Colton and I, we serve at different churches. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. He's in Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, it's it's a different context. So I, I wanted to, to make sure that we understand the value in that and then have a, have a time to kind of explain it a little bit so that in future episodes, as we kind of talk about uh, our churches and how we do things and everything. Well, just know that we're talking about it in our context, and what works in our context may not work in your context. So we just wanted to let you know what our contexts are. So Colton, would you go ahead and share just a little bit about about your ministry context for us? Yeah, sure. Uh, as you, as you mentioned, I'm in Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, I mentioned a little bit about our staff at our church. So um, for a, a very long time, um, actually until I came here. Our church was a, a one-pastor church, so it was founded uh, by by the founding pastor, obviously. And since him, there's been two other pastors. The pastor I currently serve under, uh, Wayne Wyatt, I uh, love him. Uh, he's a great guy, great mentor in my life. 
Um, so he is a senior pastor. I'm, I'm the first ever second pastor. They, they never had a youth pastor or assistant pastor. And so I'm, I'm lucky to be able to fill both of those roles. Uh, there's challenges to being the assistant and youth You're pastor. You're the original. I'm the, I'm the OG assistant youth pastor or assistant slash youth pastor. Um, That's awesome. Uh, but, but just a couple roles that, that um, I didn't know I'd find myself in uh, doing media, any type of media. I, I wasn't... Um, quite sure I'd find myself in that role, but I, I do the social media for the church. I do all the media with, within the context of the church. Uh, things in the sound room, I, I've had to learn to how, how to run everything in the sound room, including live stream. Uh, so those are uh, some things with a smaller church that I did not expect, uh, but, but you pick up on those pretty quickly. Uh, we are a Baptist church. Uh, the name of our church is Gospel Light Baptist Church. Uh, a little bit of context about the, the size of our church. Um, we could have anywhere between 100 to 130 people on a Sunday morning, depending on the week, uh, which that is a blessing for us, um, COVID, with, with every church out there. And my pastor and I have just talked about this recently. I feel like we're, we're finally getting our momentum back after almost two years, almost three years really going into, going into next year. Um, we're, we're finally clawing ourselves back up to the point where we were before COVID. And the Lord has definitely blessed us through that and, and led us through that. Uh, youth group size. So I've talked with Bryce about this recently. Uh, on the roll, if you could have everybody there that's on your roll, um, every youth group would, would be, you know, massive. Uh, but we, we <laughs> yes. have 23 on our roll, uh, but weekly size will vary. So 23 teens, we don't always get 23 teens. Um, we had one activity recently where we had 22 teens show up. It was incredible. And then Wednesday night, we had youth group, and I only had six teens walk in the door. Uh, so from week to week, it varies for us, but, but as a whole, we, we have about 23 teens. Uh, there's some hurdles to, to small church ministry, uh, just as there are hurdles with any church size. Uh, three of our biggest hurdles, I would say. First one is our location. Uh, Roanoke is a beautiful area. If you've ever been there, I would recommend visiting. It's a great area. Um, but a downside to Roanoke, there's a church on every corner. I'm originally from Michigan. I was just up there recently for my sister's wedding, and my wife and I noticed that um, as we started going up north, and in fact, I stopped by, stopped by and saw Bryce on our way, but as we got closer to Michigan, there were less and less churches. Um, in the south, specifically where we're at, um, there literally feels like there's a church on every corner. Uh, just within three miles of our church, there are uh, three churches I know of that, that have um, at least 500 to 1,000 members. Uh, so that, that is a, that, that's something that we face. Um, being a smaller church, but um, we just got to rely on the Lord. And I would also say church size can sometimes be a hurdle. Um, with having a smaller church, it means I have to be creative with activities. Uh, if I have 20 teens show up, I can, I can do bigger activities. And so sometimes I have to plan strategically. Uh, I have to think, could this activity work with six teens? And could this activity work if we had 20 show up? And so that takes a little bit of extra planning. Uh, and the third hurdle is, is not necessarily to me, and I'm sure Bryce faces this, I'm sure all of you face this, but technology. And I want to clarify that, and then I'll turn it back over to you, Bryce. I'm a huge fan of technology. Uh, I have my iPad, my MacBook, my phone, and my Apple Watch all with me right now to help me as we're recording this podcast. So I love technology, uh, but there's also a downside to it. A struggle I think that most of you will find or probably have found is that it's a lot easier for your teens to stay home and get engaged um, with their phone or their Xbox or PlayStation, their TV, uh, social media, TikTok, all of that stuff. 
it's easier for them to stay home and engage in that because uh, they can experience the same uh, rush of adrenaline that they would if they went to an activity. And so that's definitely something uh, that I face on a weekly basis that I, I think many will, will face. Um, but through it all, man, nothing like being a youth pastor. And I'm, I'm so thankful that God has us where he's at, where we're at, excuse me. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, one other just quick question. How, how long have you been at the church that you're at? Yeah, sorry. Uh, so we started January 2021. So we've been there uh, just over a year and a half. This is, as we're recording, this is July 2022. Cool, cool. All right, man. That's crazy. Uh, we are we are noobs at this. Uh, this is, just to clarify too, Colton, this is your first like student ministry job, right? You haven't had one before that. Yeah, yeah. This this is my, my first position. I, I've only ever interned before, so this is my first uh, full-time staff position cool. in ministry. That's awesome. Same same for me. Uh, this is my first job. I've been at it a, a little bit longer than Colton. Uh, we just crossed the three-year mark at our church. Uh, we're at Fellowship Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and uh, man, it's it's awesome being there. We've, we've loved being there. It's been uh, very interesting, uh, to say the least. Uh, the last three years have not been normal by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so it's been, been pretty crazy, but, but we, we've been along for the ride and it's been good. Uh, the staff at the church is, is awesome. Uh, our lead pastor, Pastor Tony is, is a great pastor. Um, we have on staff as well, Pastor Dave, he was our executive pastor. He is, uh, currently transitioning out. He is our church planter now and they're planting Thrive Church in Dublin, Ohio, uh, and then we have Pastor Chris. He's our discipleship and missions pastor. Uh, and we have Stacy Barrett, who is our FBC Kids Director. Uh, and then we have Richard Hartman. He is our uh, creative director. And that's all kind of our, our lead team. We have other people on staff, but that's uh, kind of the, the team that, that leads the church as a whole. Um, and uh, so, I mean... Based on the staff, you could probably tell our church is a, a little bigger than than Colton's is, and and again, the, uh, nobody's like saying this to to brag about anything or whatever. It's God's church anyway. He's he's the one doing what he's doing with it. Uh, but we just want to make sure that we give our context so that you're aware of of where we're serving and and what kind of ministry we're serving in. Uh, so our church on a Sunday morning will will run about 500 people or so. Uh, and our youth group will, will run about 50 to 60 on a Wednesday night. Um, we're, it's, it's a Baptist church, an independent Baptist church. So we're not really affiliated with any other, any other groups. Uh, the church has a, a long history. It's been around for uh, coming up on 60 years now, I believe. Um, and uh, Pastor Tony is only the second pastor to ever lead this church. So uh, it was founded by Pastor Dinoff, and he was the pastor for... Thirty uh, something years, and now Pastor Tony is the current pastor, and he's doing a great job. Uh, some of the the big hurdles that that we face uh, with our teens in general, I feel like we have a lot of uh, just mental health issues. Uh, we deal with a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, um, and I, I know that this is kind of a, a nationwide uh, issue. Like it's not specific only to our church, but it does feel. Uh, almost more prevalent in our church. Again, I've never served in another church, so I don't know that, but uh, that's a big, big issue, a big hurdle that, that we're facing uh, in ministry today. Uh, also, our, our uh, pastor's son, Pastor Tony's son, his name is Logan, uh, he just turned 18 here recently. He was one of our graduating seniors from last year. 
uh, not this past May, but the following or the the May before that. And uh, he, uh, right after he had graduated, uh, he started having this cough. He he passed out. They did all this check and. Uh, long story short, uh, Logan had uh, a giant tumor in his chest, and it was found to be cancerous. And uh, man, it it rocked our church hard. Uh, and uh, fast forward to where we are now, they've tried all sorts of stuff. They they had a big surgery, and the surgery failed. Uh, he's currently on a on a medicine that was uh, supposed to stop the tumor from growing at all. Uh, but that was all they expected. Uh, he's been on that for about four months now. And in those four months, it's not only stopped it from growing, uh, but it started to shrink it significantly. Um, and the doctors keep saying, we don't know why it's doing this. We can't explain it. Uh, don't expect this to continue to happen, but it is continuing to happen. Um, so anyway, if, if you've been, if you're on, on Facebook and follow many other churches or anything, you've probably seen hashtag pray for Logan out there. Uh, our pastor's done really well with sharing their story on Facebook and stuff, and God's doing some great things through it, but Satan's also doing some great things through it, and uh, man, he's used it to to cause a lot of doubts in our in our teenagers and in our adults, and uh, it's just, it's been a, a real struggle for our church specifically, but we're working through it, and uh, God's faithful, and, and He's there with us, and we don't know exactly what the end result is going to be, uh, but we're trusting Him for it, so that kind of gives a, a little bit of a sky view of, of the ministries that we serve in and, and a little bit of, of what they look like. And uh, that's, I mean, that's just who we are. I don't know if Colton, if you have anything to add to that. Uh, I did want to add, I'm not quite sure if I said it, the church name, uh, Gospelite Baptist Church. That's where we're at. I think I forgot to add that in there. <laughs> Gospelite Baptist Church and then Fellowship Baptist Church. So if you want to, if you want to look us up, Google us, see what our churches are like, do it, look it up. Uh, we'd, we'd be happy to free, for you to do that. Uh, but man, that, that's who we are. And, and before we can really get into this, this podcast and get into some more practical uh, topics and subjects, we just wanted to make sure that you all knew uh, what our context is, what, what kind of churches we serve in. So that way, when you listen to the future episodes, uh, you can know, okay, Colton's doing this, but he's at a smaller church. Bryce is doing this, but he's at a bigger church. Uh, this worked for them, this didn't work for them, it would work for me or wouldn't work for me, so on and so forth. So we just want to make sure that you know who we are uh, so that you can you can understand where to apply or where not to for, for your own uh, your own use. So uh, we're, we're really looking forward to the next episode, though. We're super excited about it. And uh, the whole purpose of this podcast is we just want to build a community of student ministry noobs. Uh, man, it, it is absolutely important uh, to to listen to podcasts, to read books, to to learn from those who have been at it for a long time. And man, I I can I know just speaking for myself, and I'm assuming for you, Colton. We we I I've put in a, a lot of time reading and uh, listening to people and learning from people who have put in a lot more time than me, who have been at it for 10, 20 years or more uh, into student ministry. And man, that's so valuable. But I also think it's valuable to have people who are in the trenches with you, who are new to doing it just like you are. And uh, man, we're at we're at a combined four and a half years of ministry experience. Uh, so I mean, that's, that's not a whole lot, uh, but we're just happy to, to be uh, doing this podcast together and hopefully it'll be a help to one of you out there. So we will catch you on the next one. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Can't wait to see you for the next episode of Student Ministry News.